Hey everybody! Yes. Welcome back to, to the so Paint Search creepy. Podcast. No. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the greatest, Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going? You I'm got good. A new podcast, second podcast of the week. Jason, every week you give me an intro, you know, and call me the greatest. But I have to say, between the two of us, you're the hardest working one on this show. I think. Jason, you have a mind that thinks unlike anybody else I've ever met before. You're, you're very creative, so I would say that you're the greatest um, because you. the things that, that just go through your head. I And I worry, once you have kids, once you grow up a little, don't let that slip away. Don't let the creative mind of Jason Rothman slip away because I love it. I love it. You guys are in for a treat today because Jason uh, has come up with a great topic and forced me to be creative myself, and I have a couple points to share as well, and it's a contest to see who has the best points. That's the point of this podcast today. <laughs> I just <laughs> Well, made that, that means our, our listeners are, are going to win the contest. So, Chris, this podcast episode is sponsored by Directive Consulting. They're the go-to B2B and enterprise search marketing agency. They offer free custom proposals at directiveconsulting.com, and we greatly appreciate their support. So check them out, guys. So before we get into our four super advanced Google Ads tips, which are actually pretty cool, um, we're going to, for the third week in a row, and Mm. seriously, at this point, I'm just tiring of the discussion. But we're no, going to be talking we about appreciate the feedback, We do appreciate the oh, feedback. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate the feedback, but if you count out the amount of minutes that I've spent thinking about AdSense for mobile apps over the last two years, yeah, and it's just been dwarfed by the last three weeks. But anyway, it is big news. So last week, we had a very enterprising listener, Aaron, um, wrote into the show, and he told us that, hey, the week before when you guys were talking about there's no workaround for... Google taking out AdSense for mobileapps.com placement exclusion. He said, hey, guys, there is. You go to the settings, uh, then it, the drop-down of advanced settings, and then in the device area of the advanced settings, you can turn off mobile with apps and leave on mobile with websites. And that was a great workaround, and that's the news we shared last week. But then I was mm. just minding my own business this yeah. week, and a listener named Kirk from Zato, Z-A-T-O, marketing.com, ZatoMarketing.com, he wrote in and he just like... Ruined our day. He was like, hey guys, that is a good workaround and, and we appreciate him sharing that as well, but I got bad news for you. Google is apparently removing that advanced settings area with the devices. So basically come September, you're not going to have the workaround that we talked about last week that Aaron shared with us. So yeah. Kirk comes in and he says, hey guys, that is a good workaround for now, but watch out in September, that one's going away too. And there's a searchengineland.com article about it and we'll share that in the show notes. But as of now, that's going away, but it does look like you are going to be able to exclude categories of apps. So if you're on mobile, that means you're on apps come September, but you will have more options to exclude now categories of apps. Chris, what do you think about this third update? Yeah, you know, I know that Google wants people to use their tool correctly. I know that they want to provide the right methods and targeting. And I think once all this settles down, we'll find a good solution for this. But it is certainly scary uh, because I don't want to miss out on what the best solution is going to be and have a bunch of my clients spin the wrong way. So, you know, I I know that uh, that Google's going to handle it, but it's certainly certainly frustrating. (laughs) 
it's kind of it's just kind of at this point I'm just resigned from it, Chris, and it's just kind of I'm just going to accept it's the unknown. So we'll find out in September, and hopefully I'm waiting for a happens. mark out there. There's going to be a mark. I mean, we've had an Aaron, a Kirk. I feel like there's going to be a mark out there that's going to email us this week and he's going to say something. So Mark, you're in your car right now and you're listening. We're waiting for your email. Is this some kind of joke about Star Trek or something? No. Uh, I don't watch that, but no. What's with Mark? I'm trying to freak Mark out. I don't know who Mark is. He's unknown to us. We're going to move on. So, Chris, <laughs> today. So, uh, Aaron, we appreciate you write, writing in two weeks ago. Kirk, we appreciate you writing in last week. And uh, we'll find out what happens in September with the uh, mobile app situation. But everyone be on the lookout for it. Um, so, Chris, today we're just, last week we are talking about a couple cool new things uh, that we're doing in AdWords or Google Ads. And we were like, hey, this is kind of non-traditional stuff that people don't really talk about. This is kind of very custom stuff just based on workflow processes we built up. And it would be interesting to share this stuff. So, you've got a couple tips. I've got a couple tips. And um, let's get into it. So, what is your first super advanced Google Ads tip, Chris? All right, Jason. Yeah, I've got uh, a couple of great tips. But first, before we do that, let's talk a bit about directiveconsulting.com. They are our sponsor for today's show. Uh, Directive Consulting is the B2B search engine marketing agency. And let me tell you about a recent case study that uh, they did. This is with a manufacturing software company that has been around for a long time. They've been marketing on AdWords for a long time. And as anyone knows who's been in the AdWords business, suddenly competitors start coming in and your results start to plateau. You start having trouble getting enough conversions, getting enough out of your AdWords campaign. Now, what's great is they contacted Directive Consulting and here's what happened. Their online leads increased 457%. That's astonishing. Not only that, their cost per conversion dropped 147%. So they got them more leads at a cheaper rate and what's great is they can do this for you too. This is not just for that one company. This is the kind of results, as you've heard in our other shows, that they do all the time. So if you're interested, go to directiveconsulting.com. Get a free proposal from them. Find out what they can do for you in your industry, specifically if you're in the B2B industry. Directiveconsulting.com. Thanks for being today's sponsor. So, Jason, I'm going to start off with my first tip. I know, I know the tips that you have are very specific. I think they're great. Mine's going to take just a bit to unpack, but I want to, I want to address a couple things. And as we said at the top of the show, this is an advanced tip type of thing. Okay. So first, if you fit in this bucket, this tip is going to be for you. So number one, if you have a low search impression share, I'm going to say anything below anything like in the fifties or lower. Okay. Your search impression share. So this is a number, a percentage number that you can get. If you're 50% or lower, you're going to fit into this. One other stipulation, if you're spending all of your budget and you still have 50% or lower, this tip is for you. Here's what I want you to try as an exercise for the next week, two week, or month. I want you to bite the bullet and go in and pause. Don't delete because that way you can turn them back on if you need to, but I want you to try something. Go in and pause keywords that are driving some of the most clicks but are not your best performers in that they don't provide continuous leads or at least continuous qualified traffic. They're bringing in you know, competitor searches. They're bringing in 
higher funnel, not as good quality, high bounce rate type of clicks. Okay, so if that's the case, turn those off. If it, if you have 50 keywords, you might turn off 40 of them. You might leave only 10. And I, the 10 that I want you to leave on are the ones that are going to constantly deliver the best quality, the ones that uh, deliver the most leads on a regular basis. And what I want you to to focus on is improving that search impression share to a point that when someone hits one of those 10 keywords, you are now going to show up at a 95% search impression share. You're going to show up 95% of the time. So you're no longer cluttering the the field with potential searches that are wishy-washy. You're no longer spending your money on things that may or may not work well for you. Instead, you're spending all of your money as aggressively as possible for the guaranteed best traffic. And Jason, I know you have a, a good example of this, but you know, one last thing is just stop guessing and stop wishing that this one mystery keyword is going to come in and just deliver the astounding conversion leads. Once you've established, you know, kind of a, a trend on conversions, a lot of times it just doesn't, you know, these keywords aren't going to magically turn over and suddenly start providing tons of progress for you. Bite the right. bullet, make the change, improve your search impression share, and hit hard on the stuff that works well for you. That's my number one tip there. Jason, what do you think? I mean, am I asking too much? Does that make sense? There's, honey, I shrunk the kids, and you're going to be known as, honey, I shrunk the AdWords account. I like where you're going here because one final, I mean, one thing to point out to people is they may say, yeah, but these other more wider search keywords, they're bringing in conversions. They're bringing in leads, Chris. But one thing to remember is not every conversion is the same. Just because something has data in the conversion column, it doesn't mean those leads are higher quality than that super deep in the funnel, best quality traffic. So I think it's a great tip, Chris. And one example is I have a great client and they run a great company in New Zealand. And they move people from New Zealand to Australia. And we have great keywords that are, like you said, broad match modified with the words mover, moving, ship, shipping and shipper plus the other part of the phrase is two or sometimes we don't include two and then either the word australia or different cities in australia we recently just as, as recently as yesterday we were focused on shrinking it down to only those handful of keywords ship move mover shipping moving move basically and then australian city names and australia Broad match modified because if someone is physically in New Zealand where our ads show up and they're searching about keywords that include shipping or moving and an Australian city or the word Australia, that's all we want. That's as deep as the funnel we can get. That's the stuff producing quality traffic. And so we had some competitor terms in there from the former person that was running the account. We had some more generalized keywords in there that had to do with like immigration and more informational searches like moving alone and stuff like that we just cut the fat man and and yeah. like yes that other stuff had conversions and you can make the argument like okay well why don't you lower the bids on those wider keywords and, and get a lower cost per conversion and make that cost per conversion as good as the deeper in the funnel keywords and we do that sometimes but we want to spend the full budget first on those deep in the funnel ones and that's what we're doing so i i think if you look at a lot of my accounts chris if you look at a lot of Every advertiser's accounts on Google, probably the number one um, mistake we're all making, and I include myself, is that we've gone too wide. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and we're not focusing on maxing out that core and knowing we're getting 100% of that core uh, keywords. And I'm going to be focusing on doing that going forward. And I think using that search impression share column is the way you can keep track of that. And we had a question pop up just, I think it was today on YouTube. And somebody was saying, hey, all I see is my search impression share and then rank. I can't see my budget. Just to be clear, if you don't see budget as a search impression share metric, you should see all three. Search impression share, search impression share lost due to rank, and search impression share lost due to budget. If you don't see the third one, look at the campaign level. You're looking at the ad group level or the keyword level. Jump all the way back to the campaign level. Click on the on, in the new UI, you click on all campaigns, and that's where you're going to see it. So just to be clear, that's what we want to make sure that you can you can maximize is that search impression share overall. You want to be up in 80s, 90s, because then you know you're showing up for what's important. So, all right. So, Jason, what, uh, I know you got something good. What's, what's on your mind? Yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of conversations throughout my life where the person I'm talking to is very dumb about the thing that we're discussing, and I'm very smart about the thing we're discussing. And it's hard to communicate back and forth because a lot of times people get hung up on things that don't matter. And I'm such a, we're going to die one day. I need to focus on the things that do move the needle right now. And if we're not, you're wasting my, my life. That's how my brain works. So the way that works with Google ads is a lot of times people get hung up on long tail, maybe searched once a month, maybe search once a year, maybe never searched keywords that yes, technically I can't argue with you. We should be showing up on that search. And yes, that is what the client does at the same time. Why are we wasting our life talking about it on the phone? No one searches for that. Let me do my job of managing ad copy, managing bids, managing search terms on the keywords that do get 95, 99% of our traffic, the handful of keywords that are bringing in everything. But when you have that conversation, it doesn't really go good because people are focused on what they can see. They see that your ad's not on that search that you should be there on. And then you're never going to give up that position of like, hey, this doesn't really matter. You're you're never going to convince each other. So I've stopped thinking that I can convince people to change. I've started (laughs) thinking people never change, Chris, ever. Mm, So I'm just go, I'm a go with the flow kind of guy now, but I got to do it in an efficient way so I don't ruin my life. So when you have clients that want to see their ad on certain searches, The problem with building that out is that you have to build out new ad groups. New ad groups and new ads take time. The tip that I've come up with, Chris, is that I now create a new ad group called new. I put an asterisk in front of the word so I can see it at the top of that alphabetized list so I can keep track of it. This is the key. The ads in that, quote, new ad group are generalized generic ads to whatever the industry is. The keywords that go into that ad group no matter what they are, for the most part, seeing that generalized ad with them is okay because technically it is that topic. So um, I'm trying to think of an example, an example I can use here. Let's say you do certain kind of um, automotive services on like very low search volume cars or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the client wants you to show up on like a certain brand of Ferrari car on a certain kind of fix to that car. And even if you're in a big city like Los Angeles, you may say to that client, hey, I can't even really target that word. People don't even search for it enough. In this situation, you would have in that new ad group an ad that says, 
parts and service on all custom exotic cars, including Ferrari, Lamborghini, and whatever your other brands are. So that way, if someone did a search like Ferrari, certain model of Ferrari, certain kind of exact service they need, your ad technically works for that search. And that way, you can just have generic ads that technically work in that ad group. You can throw in tens and hundreds and hundreds of keywords. You can show up when the client searches that keyword that's not searched for hardly at all, and you have a good ad there. And then if things sprout up and they start to prove themselves that, yes, this keyword actually does get volume, it is actually getting us good traffic, at that point, once that's a proven commodity, you can move it to its own ad group once it's justified the time that it takes to make new ads and a new ad group. So coming up with a quote-unquote new ad group, putting in generic ads that work for tons and tons of different searches in your industry, throwing in tens and even hundreds of keywords into that ad group to satisfy what the clients want to see their ads on, and then if anything pops up and actually does start getting volume, you can move it out to its own ad group because it's proved it's justified at that point. That's a tip. And honestly, Chris, it's saving me a ton of time. It's making my clients happier with me. And they should already be happy because I'm getting them perfect results and making a lot of people a ton of money. But it's not always about that. You and I both know that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. about it's about the intangibles as well and making sure they're happy. And this is a good way to satisfy the need of showing up on super, super low volume stuff that doesn't move the needle. And if you're wrong, you'll see it. And then at that point, you can move it into its own ad group. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, this is what I'm all about is uh, doing something with the minimum amount of effort involved because I hate campaigns that take hours and hours and hours to manage because I've built the complexity into this huge machine that takes forever and, and to let me work just, on. Let me just justify this, Chris. It's not because we're lazy, okay? Right, Everyone right. needs to understand that. It's because that time where we're doing something that does not move the needle is taking away from the time we could spend moving the needle and getting you better and better performance. So it's yeah. not a lazy thing. It's a we only have so much time. And it doesn't matter that we're, for the most part, freelancers. Now, I, myself, I have people working for me. But it doesn't matter if you're a freelancer. It doesn't matter if you have a handful of people. It doesn't matter if you have an agency with 100 people. There is always a limited amount of time. And so it's not a lazy thing. It's about how do we get you the most bang for your buck? And that's the frustrating thing about spending your time on the stuff that doesn't move the needle. Right. Yeah. Excellent. I like it. I mean, if, if anyone's out there and you have a notepad that you carry around with you, cause you write down random keywords that you come up with and you know, then you have to sit right. down and you have to build an entire ad group because you think, Oh, I wonder if anyone's going to type, uh, soft rubber soles running shoes you know i don't have a keyword for that or you have a boss that keeps pushing you on these random hey i searched for this and i didn't see ourselves you know so this is your answer this is a great solution i, I think it's perfect i did this to satisfy a client need and and to have a better relationship in that regard but at the same time i found more the larger benefit is that i am doing more keyword research chris Mm. I am doing more searches, trying to find those unique keywords because I now know there's not this penalty of having to add a ton yeah. of ad groups. I just know that, oh, as soon as I can find them, slap some modifiers on them, throw them in the account, and I'm not going to get hurt. And it's not going to take a ton of time because the ad group with generic ads that do technically fit that keyword are is already in the account. And adding keywords is the easiest thing. It's it's the ad groups that's a difficult thing. Yeah, perfect. I like it. 
All right. Well, Jason, I'll move with my next one now. As anyone knows who's listened to the show, Jason and I are not landing page designers. We're not developers. You know, we don't do landing page stuff. So for my second tip, I'm going to talk about landing pages, but I'm going to talk on more theory and suggestion on what you could try and do to improve your uh, landing page conversion rate. So let's throw out the quality of traffic. You know, let's not talk about keywords and ads. Let's talk about after the click. People are on your site. So envision your landing page or your client's landing page, right? They have a phone number and they have a form. Above the form, it probably says, contact us today or, you know, get in touch with us, something like that. Or even get a free quote. Get a free quote. Exactly. Maybe it's even more specific. Yeah, get a free quote. Okay, so imagine how the person feels. They don't really understand, you know, like, what does that mean? How fast are you going to get back to me? Um, what is this free quote going to entail? Is this a PDF? Is someone going to call me back? I don't really want you to call me back. I'm at work right now. Um, is this an email that I'm going to get in 24 hours? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider providing a process that qualifies, that, that sets up what the person can expect, their expectations after they uh, fill out that form after they do what you're asking them to do. So you're saying fill out the form. Say, hey, before you fill out the form, let me step you through the process of what you can expect. You're going to fill out the form. One of our sales associates is going to get that form. They're going to call you or they're going to email back within 24 hours with a you know PDF format of what your quote's going to look like. Or we, we need to call you and we'll call you within 12 hours or we'll call you within one hour or something like that. And we'll call you with the number you provide. You know, these are things that people would say, oh, okay, yeah, they might fill out the form knowing that you're how fast you're going to get back to them or what they can expect. You're setting up a scenario that's going to better sell the situation that the person's looking to accomplish. Uh, When they can envision what's going to happen, they're going to become more likely to complete that form. This is huge. This is something I don't just preach. This is something I put into practice on my website. When you click a button on my website, before you ever see the form on my website, you know, this long, boring form, it's going to say, here's what you can expect. You fill out the form. I'm going to look at the form. I'm going to do this. You're going to get an invoice. You know, you're going to, and it tells you time frames of exactly how the whole process is going to go once you fill out this form. And I get so much less questions about step me through what's going to happen now. I just immediately filling out the form and sending you an email said, Hey, I did that. What, what happens now? You know, now they know what's going to happen. So uh, setting up these expectations ahead of time, stepping one someone through the process of your process, of your sales process, will help lower the veil and I think provide a better experience and a better conversion rate for your landing pages. And Chris, you're, so people don't misunderstand, we're, we're talking about literally making it as like straightforward as possible, like writing down step number one, yes. fill out this form. Step number two, we will call you within 15 minutes. Step number three, we will schedule your move and whatever. And this is a fantastic tip, Chris. I am taking this from you. I am going to put this on the form on my website as well. And this is a great persuasion tactic called assuming the sale, uh, partly because you're not trying to tell them, hey, here's the form, fill it out. It's these are the things that are going to happen after you fill out the form. It's assuming they're going to fill it out. So that leads people in that direction. The second reason with persuasion, why I love it, Chris, is it 
it paints a picture in their head and visualization is a lot more persuasive than just audio or, or reading. So they're actually able to see like, okay, step one, I'm filling out the form. Step two, they are calling me and it just paints a picture in their head. Yeah. And like you said, at the top gives them peace of mind that like, okay, this isn't just filling out and hoping someone contacts me. It's these exact steps are going to happen. And all I've got to do to start the process is fill out this form. That's going to boost conversion rates a ton. And I think that's a great tip. And uh, like you said, we don't do our own landing page designing and all that. But one of the things as an AdWords manager you get asked a lot is, hey, but do you at least have some advice for the page? And I think this is a great way to come up with something. So that is a fantastic tip. I'm going to do that myself. Now, Chris, our last tip here is to figure out how to view device level Google Analytics stats on your AdWords traffic. And we all, of course, track leads and we all want to know how our lead tracking is doing. And in Google AdWords, we can just look at the conversion column. We can break out the data by uh, device by segmenting it. And we can also go to the device page to see the different conversion data by device. But we're not always just focused on conversions. Sometimes we're focused on softer metrics like Google Analytics data, especially on like remarketing and display campaigns. And one of the frustrating things inside of AdWords, Chris, is even if you're importing your Google Analytics data, as I understand it, you cannot get Google Analytics data like bounce rate, session duration, and pages per visit at the device level, it's, you, you're not able to see that. So if you segment out a campaign by device, you're not able to see Google Analytics data. And if per the de, uh, device, and if you look at your devices page, you're not able to see the Google Analytics data because you can't add those columns. So what yeah. I did, Chris, is everyone can play back this part of the podcast when they're in Google Analytics on the far left side, you go to acquisition. This is in Google Analytics. Then you go to all traffic. Then you go to source medium. And then in the center of your page, you have uh, your data. But above the data, but below the chart, you have a little line that says primary dimension. And it's on source medium. And what you want to do is move that over to campaign. And then that'll break down your data by campaign. And then what you want to do is, under the secondary dimension column, add in device category. And that'll break down your campaign data by device, mobile, desktop, tablet. And then you've got your filter button there. So to clean things up, you can add in the name of your campaign to filter the data. So you only see your campaign and you only see your device category next to it. And Chris, one example for me is that I'm running a remarketing campaign for a certain kind of traffic that's been on my website who viewed certain kind of pages about an industry. And I've got a lot of data here. I've got over 400 clicks. It's about 60% desktop, 40% mobile. This is remarketing display. So I'm not going to get a lot of leads from it. I have gotten leads from it, but I'm not going to get a lot. It's more about making sure people are on my site, looking through my content, figuring out who I am. My bounce rate on mobile is 91%. That's not the worst thing in the world for display, but at the same time, 91% is 91%, and I don't like it. But my bounce rate is 76% for desktop, which is pretty good considering it's remarketing. Mm, yeah. Pages per session on mobile, 1.2, not very good. Desktop, 2.5, that's pretty good. And here's the big one, Chris. Average session duration is 26 seconds for 
mobile, which is bad. Yeah. And a minute for desktop. And since I've cleaned this campaign up recently and made some more changes in AdWords, my mobile session duration is one second or not one second. It's like somewhere between two and 10 seconds, which is horrible. Mm -hmm. But my desktop session duration is up to like four minutes, Chris. Yeah. My over the long term, my lead form submission is 1.5% conversion rate and they've all come from desktop so again 1.5 percent is not great but when you consider it's from cheap remarketing traffic Mm -hmm. that's pretty good that people are actually filling out forms and all the forms are getting filled out by desktop so what this tells me as the decision maker on my account is okay i'm going to turn off mobile display remarketing i'm going to focus it on desktop and my average session duration is going to be over a minute and now recently over four minutes. And I'm actually going to get leads from this campaign because they came from desktop. And I would not have known just how great my desktop campaign was doing versus my mobile if I had not gone into analytics and broke up the traffic this way. Yeah. So you can't do it inside of AdWords to look at analytics data at the device level. You have to go through this process in analytics. And Chris... When these numbers are blended inside of the AdWords account, it's not that impressive because that short duration matches with the or blends with the long duration and the conversion rate of 1.5% on desktop blends with the zero on mobile. And I'm not that enthused about this campaign. But when I look at how great desktop is on its own, that's when I know like, oh, wow, this campaign is actually working better than I even thought. I'm going to throw more and more budget into this and get better leads and, and better traffic. And I wouldn't have known it if I hadn't gone into analytics. So I think that's a kind of advanced tip that not a lot of people uh, out there have done. And that's what I wanted to share. Yeah, I mean, that's a great tip because a lot of people don't realize that analytics is a completely different tool. You do not see all of your data. You see very basic information when it comes to looking at your analytical data in AdWords. So there's a lot to be learned. We could do an entire show on just using analytics and talking about what the numbers mean and how you know how you can react to those as far as uh, the way that how, what those numbers mean for AdWords. So great stuff there. Jason, I think that's a, it's an excellent tip and uh, you know it's a whole nother tool. I don't spend a lot of time in analytics because it's like you need a whole nother degree in analytics to be able to understand and manage that stuff. So it's uh, pretty complex. But all right, well, that's it. That's my tip. Jason, you gave your two. I uh, gave my two. That's, um, I think we're getting pretty good at this. Chris, speaking of um, of exotic cars, you look like a guy who's going to like take his like 1965 oh, Chevy that he soups up like down to the drag with your black muscle shirt and your, your gelled up <laughs> hair. You look, you look like you're auditioning for a play. Like you look like you're auditioning for Grease. I love, That's what you look I love like right to now. hear the situations that you place me in based on my clothing. Um, Jason, I have a very particular taste in clothing. Um, I don't like to show a lot of brands. You know, I hate shirts. You buy it. I'm going to pay $40, $50 for a shirt, right? And then you're going to put your ugly, stupid logo right over my heart. And I'm just like, right. no, no. So instead I buy moderately priced clothing. Uh, on Amazon or you know some cheap online, and they don't put their logos on it. So that's what you're noticing, Jason. You're noticing a unique style of clothing because I have such a unique taste. And also, my wife. Doesn't I think that's dress a good point. The, my, my wife doesn't the, dress the me for the podcast is, uh, too. 
the upside is that you you don't have to show those logos and all that kind of stuff, and, and you mm-hmm. save some money in your clothes. The downside is you look like you just walked off Grease Lightning. <laughs> You're the one that I want. Well, you know, my clothing is why I know 65% of the people watch on YouTube, and the rest of you listen because you you don't want to see my clothes. So I appreciate the rest of you. All right. Anything else? Have you have you fully analyzed my clothing enough, Jason? Yeah, fully fully analyze it. And um, just a final tip, super advanced tip. Uh, oh, if really? If you want your Google, yeah, if you have a custom Google AdWords question that you need help with, go to paidsearchpodcast.com, the contact page, send it in for the PPC questions and answers show, and we will answer it on that podcast. So with that said, we appreciate your guys' iTunes reviews. We appreciate you sharing the show. And without doubt, we will be back next Monday and every Monday with the next episode of the Paid Search Podcast. All right, today's growth story revolves around search engine marketing, and we'll be shining the spotlight on Aegis Software, a company that makes software for manufacturing operations. Aegis was one of the first companies in their space to invest in search marketing, But as competition grew, their performance plateaued. To counter this, they hired Directive Consulting, the B2B search marketing agency. With unparalleled experience in inbound lead gen for B2B companies, Directive was able to increase Aegis's monthly online leads by 457%, while at the same time lowering their cost per lead by 147%. Now I have a hunch that Directive can get these kind of results for you too. So head over to directiveconsulting.com and request a totally free custom proposal. That's directiveconsulting.com.